football. It never gets old, let me tell you. Because there's new kids every year, you know, and it just never gets old. It's fantastic. Again, your final 28-21, Rio Honda Prep beats Mission Prep of San Luis Obispo for their program's 14th CIF football title in school history. What is up, Rio Hondo football fans? Welcome to the semifinals of Division 9 as Rio Hondo Prep continues their stride for the school's 15th CIF Southern Section Championship. The uh, intro there was uh, from a few years ago, 11 to be exact, as Rio Hondo Prep uh, won their last CIF championship way back in 2012. And that voice you heard was Ken Drain being interviewed, the former head coach of Rio Hondo Prep, who has uh, was the head coach for all four of Rio Hondo Prep's 11-man football championships, as well as uh, the final eight-man championship back in 2001. Uh, I had the privilege to be on that team. And, you know, maybe Coach and I will, will talk a little bit today about that game as Mr. Ken Drain is our guest today. Rather fitting, I thought, for the semifinals to bring on uh, the man the, the man and the legend. No myth at all. The man and the legend, someone that has uh, um, been there for so many of us and, and um, you know, coached us up over the years and uh, no longer coaches uh, at, at the high school level, but, uh, you know, still observes. And uh, both of his sons are uh, coaches on the staff. Dave Drain, of course, working with the offensive line and Ed Drain doing a lot of the uh, special team stuff. And I think uh, some defensive uh, defensive things as well. So uh, the Drain the Drain uh, coaching legacy continues, but we're going to hear from uh, Coach Drain today and uh, talk to him about real football, man, and just what uh, it has been like to um, to to see the program develop over the years. I believe he was one of the first classes in Rio Hondo Prep uh, as a player back in the 60s, so he'll be able to tell us a lot about the history of the program, uh, what it was like coaching as an assistant, and then, of course, as the head coach, and just kind of he's seen the evolution, if you will, of the Rio Hondo Prep program over the years, 
again, from the six-man days to the eight-man days, uh, and now to the 11-man days. So for those of you who never had a the privilege to play for Coach Train, man, I got to tell you, you're, you're, you're missing out, although you're in great hands now with the head coach, Mark Carson, and the other great coaches on the staff. But I think a lot of people, former players at Coach Train, if you bring up Mr. Drain's name, I think you can't help but smile and have some fun memories, maybe some uh, times getting yelled at a time or two, but also uh, the encouragement and the, and the positive uh, coaching and, and just pushing of us over the years yeah, that, that we still we still carry with us, honestly. You know, I miss playing for the man. Um, when I'm having a, a tough time or, or I fail throughout my day, I think of, I think of him sometimes and think of, man, I'm, I let, let coach drain down. If, uh, you know, if, uh, he was on the sidelines barking at me or something. So, um, just really looking forward to, uh, talking with Mr. Drain today for the pregame show. And we will talk maybe at the end of the podcast about the opponent Vista del Lago as Rio Hondo travels out there to Moreno Valley this Friday night for the, uh, division nine semifinals. Can't wait for the game. And uh, this show might even come out a little early this week as we're putting out content all throughout the week. And uh, there might even be a second show. Who knows uh, if if all goes well, if I can piece it all together and get uh, different people scheduled and things like that. So a uh, special time. It's the semifinals. Things change a little just as far as uh, maybe a little more hype, maybe a little more uh, uh, attention, we'll say. We won't uh, try to interfere at all with the uh, Rihondo prep preparation or anything, but it's just an exciting time. We want to soak all this in and give the fans plenty of content and uh, the ability to really uh, just get ready, get ready for this big game on Friday night because Rio Hondo has not been in a semifinal since 2013 and unfortunately lost that game out uh, in Los Angeles to Salesian in a, a close game for for three quarters anyway. And then Salesian kind of kind of pulled away on us, but that would have been a, a three-peat had we got to the finals and won that year, which uh, w- which would have been cool. But uh, I guess the repeat we'll have to do in 2011 and 2012. Uh, don't forget the 2008 championship and the 2005 championship there as well. So when people said Real Hondo couldn't compete at the eight-man level, well, uh, four titles in, what would that be? Seven years uh, was a really special time, not to mention a couple times uh, that we lost in the finals uh, in that uh, in that stretch uh, as well in 04 and in 2009. So. Uh, it's been a while since we've been at this stage, at this level of the playoffs, and just want to make sure that uh, we we soak it up and enjoy every bit of it. So um, a tough opponent, and indeed, just like we saw in the first round, just like we saw in the quarterfinals. But uh, you know, when a trip to the finals is on the line, you're going to get the best the best uh, swing from the guy across uh, across the ring from you. And um, this is a very good football team. We are going up against the Vista del Lago Ravens. Um, very good mix of running the ball, throwing the ball, uh, very fast on defense and physical. So it's going to be a true test. And uh, if if Rio is able to punch that ticket to the finals, it is not going to come easy. It's going to be a challenge. Um, and uh, we're going to need every man, woman, and child there uh, to uh, get on your feet, make some noise, much like last week, and the, the boys to uh, to play their hearts out once again to uh, to do something that Rio Hondo has never got done, and that is go to the finals in a division this high. We're already in the semifinals, which is the highest we've ever been in a division this high, a single digit division in division nine with there being 14 divisions out there. So a a tremendous opportunity for our young man. And um, I just hope they, they play fast. They play loose. uh, Don't hold anything back. And uh, again, we'll break down some of the stats, maybe things if, uh, if we can with uh, Vista DeLago here after my conversation with Mr. Kendrain, which I'm very much looking forward to. And I know you guys are as well. Uh, The intro music there, gladiator, from uh, Zed Wolf, I think um, I thought it was fitting. You know, get these these boys are, are going into the uh, 
going into the Coliseum, if you will. And uh, we need we need them to be gladiators for us one more time. And then if they advance, we're going to ask it of them again. But they are warriors. They are our gladiators and cannot wait for them to throw on that uniform, go out there, represent us, and uh, for us all to cheer on them uh, one more time. Just an exciting time. And what a what a great way to uh, kind of get get to uh, the Thanksgiving uh, time of year, if you will. So without any more uh, breaks, let's bring him on the show. Mr. Ken Drain, you heard his voice there in the intro back in 2012. Now we're going to get to hear him for real in person as a chat, some real Hondo football. And uh, just, uh, again, a privilege and an honor to sit down with coach and chat with him. Here we go, Mr. Ken Drain. All right, as promised, we are now joined by Mr. Ken Drain, who led Real Hondo Prep to four CIF Southern Section Championships in 11-man, as well as uh, that final eight-man championship back in 2001. Mr. Drain, I'm a little, I'm a little biased to that 2001 team uh, for for good reason, but uh, some fun memories there. How you yeah. doing, Coach? I'm doing all great. Doing good. Everything's great. Uh, how did West Virginia do yesterday? I, I know you were probably they got, watching. They it. got killed. Oh man, I'm <laughs> so scored, sorry. They, they scored. They were ahead seven to nothing, and then that was over. <laughs> oh, oh, I think they lost. Good. I think the Oklahoma quarterback had eight touchdowns or something. Oh, <laughs> ouch, 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 ouch. So it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Oh man. Well, for those that don't know, and if you listen to this, you should know, Mr. Drain, a huge West Virginia uh, Mountaineer fan. You were born out there, right, Mr. Drain? Yes, I was. Okay. 1950. Wow, 1950, and uh, in a major way to California at some point, and eventually uh, Boys Christian League and Rio Hondo Prep. weren't you in one of the first classes uh, at Rio Hondo Prep when the school opened? I was in the very first class that school ever had. Wow. Yeah, in uh, 1964, it was a. I, I can remember as this class was at 7:30. It was a Latin class. Had a hard time staying awake. Yeah, <laughs> Latin at 7:30 in the morning. Oh man, come on! We couldn't do something <laughs> more lively or something. Oh, that's a, that's early. You want to do a good story? I showed up. I actually the school started on Thursday, uh, but I didn't know that. I thought it was starting. My I showed up on Monday morning for school, and they go, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> I'm here for school. They sent me home. <laughs> that's hysterical. How many kids were in the school back then at the very beginning? uh 14 <laughs> for how many grades four wow from seventh grade seventh grade through 10th 14, there were 14 kids. well we've grown a little uh since then uh coach but uh i think we have 66 boys in this school now which is still unheard of compared to uh some of the schools we're playing yeah that yeah sure is and that that's a large number for us that's the largest it's ever been Wow. Well, talk to me about uh, football at Rio Hondo Prep, the very beginning, if you will, the 1960s, when uh, this uh, this great tradition uh, started. Well, uh, school started in 64, but we didn't have a We didn't play that year. So our first year was 65. And so we had uh, freshmen, sophomores and juniors that year. And we won a couple games, didn't do too well. We played a couple of JV games that we dominated. That was good. So, uh, and then we, the next year when we had seniors, we did a little bit better. Uh, some of the people on that team, I don't know if people remember these names, but we had Larry Estes was on that team, Greg Shire, who I met recently at uh, at uh, Cal Baptist out in Laverne. He was working, at, he worked at that school. 
And if, if you want to know, he was the fastest guy that's ever been at Rio Honda Prep. Wow, that's that's really he ran, he, he ran a, he ran a 10 flat 100 yard dash. <laughs> wow. And his big claim to fame was he could outrun any woman on the planet. And he was right. <laughs> really? <laughs> the, the, that... world, the world record for women that year was, I mean, back then was like 10, five or something. That's when they actually did 100 yard dashes instead of 100 meters. But mm -hmm. anyway, wow. so he's the fastest guy we've ever had. Uh, and then uh, the next year when I was a senior, my best friend, uh, Armin Maskamp, who wasn't his father, wouldn't let him come to school, uh, finally let him come. And he was a junior. And, uh, and we had a, and we were he was really good. And we had a really good team that year. And uh, we won. We we won. We were 10 and 0 or 9 and 0. I don't know how many games we played, but we didn't lose any games during the season. In fact, all but one, we we skunked the other team, or we won by. We were forty five points ahead in the second half, and the game ended early. Wow! So then, but then we lost to Black Fox in playoffs, and anyway, that was a that was a very sad moment because we should have won a championship. I think yeah. we we had a guy, our best, one of our better guys, get hurt, and when you only have like seven or eight guys, you know, and and you're missing <laughs> one of them, that that's that's kind of a problem. So. Anyway, uh, it was good. And then, of course, the, we had just had the 50-year the anniversary for the 73 team. Uh, that, was a, that was a really good event, by the way. Mm, and I yeah. think all those guys had a great time. And uh, in 70, in 70, after 73 and 74, we went to, uh, we to eight-man football from six. And then Mr. Johnson took over uh, doing the eight-man. And uh, he did a fantastic job. And, you know, all the championships we won i think he won eight or something like that i'm pretty sure championships along with a couple girls basketball championships unbelievable career yeah. he had man and uh so he was really he was really good and um in fact they when he retired and he you know he had he was kind of forced to retire because of his alzheimer's and that he that was that was pretty sad for me anyway yeah. Uh, when he retired, they, they gave him a, they named an award after him in eight man football. One of the things they give out at the end of the year, I think it still is the Randall Johnson award. So, uh, cause he did a lot, not just for us, but he did a lot for eight man football in general. You know, he was the president for a long time of the eight man association and did a lot for the CIF. And so he was elected, he was put into the hall of fame at CIF. Man. And uh, that was a great time because, you know, he couldn't when, when they did that, he couldn't really talk anymore. So I, I got to speak for him down at CIF in the, at the luncheon. And uh, that was a good time. And special uh, man, special man. I, I, I told him, I said, you know, when I, I started playing youth football, I, I didn't win a game for two years. But then Mr. Johnson became my coach. And I can count on one hand the number of times we lost in football after that. Wow. So, uh, and that, and he coached me for two or three years. So when I was a kid, so that was, uh, he was a fantastic coach. And yeah. so I was kind of forced to take over for him in, uh, 2001. Uh, I wasn't, I don't even think, I don't know what I was doing when I took over. I, before that, I think I was just a guy that did conditioning. Yes. That's my, that was my big job. I think was conditioning. I wasn't even a offensive coach or defensive coach. I just, did conditioning. And so, uh, but Mr. Ostergaard wanted me to coach the team. So I said, okay, I'll try. 
Uh, and um, first year coaching, we had that, that was our last man of eight man. And we had that overtime win against uh, Joshua Springs. Yep. Uh, that was a good time that you were on that team. You you scored the winning touchdown. Yes, sir. You called the quarterback yeah. sneak. You trust you trusted me on that final play. I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a good team. That was a lot of fun. You know, we had we had a lot of good players. We were down to our what third or fourth spring tailback in that game. Yeah, we had to bring up some freshman kid named Landon Goodwell who hadn't played yeah, varsity all season. I don't yeah. know what we were thinking. <laughs> hey, you're gonna you're gonna play middle yeah, linebacker was too. Uh, he was there because he was one of the few guys to tackle there. Yeah, yeah. Colin Woodbury. Uh, we had a hard oh, time tackling that uh, big running back. I, I good thing say, I, was there, huh? Oh man, yeah. So anyway, play D one. I, I will tell you, Mister Dre. I mean, being a part of that game in 01 was so much fun. Obviously, with the win, um, I've heard the legendary stories of '77, of course, and the comparisons to the two games. I mean. There have been other championships in 11-man at Rio, but when you talk about an overtime game uh, back in 01, I mean, especially your first year as a head coach, you got us in the eight-man championship. We walk it off and upset a previously undefeated team. Uh, that had to be a real thrill. And that was, that was I'm, I will say it, that was one of the greatest games in uh, RHP Carefield history, I think. Yeah, it, it was it was great. Uh, yeah, I remember the set, I was the announcer of the 77 game. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had, and I had, and, it, and we went to overtime and I had no idea how the overtime even worked. <laughs> so, uh, but I was a good friend of the, the head referee that year. I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, he, he used to teach over to Royal high school, but he, I knew him pretty well. I actually ref some games with him when we had frosh games on Thursday okay. nights and uh, I would ref with him and he'd always come. He loved coming down to care. I don't know why, but he was a great guy. But so he helped me out big time during that overtime because I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. These people in the stands were asking me because we are we announced from behind the visitor stands. And all they're all turning around asking me, how's this work? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll find I'll find out. We've never had this before. So anyway, that was fun. So that that was my uh that was my big contribution to real football as the announcer for a long time. Did that for maybe 15 or 20 years. So anyway, uh, so that was good. And 2001 game was fantastic. That was, that was what a way, what an introduction into uh, coaching being a head coach. Yeah. All those tough decisions. And uh, I don't know how we beat those guys, but we beat them. And um, what was, I want to talk, you touched on it briefly. They're going from six man to eight man. And that was probably a pretty big jump. Well, you were the head coach that took us from eight man to 11 man after just, you know, that first season, what was, I mean, try to explain to people what that transition was like. Cause I know there was a lot of talk about, man, do we really need to go to 11 man? Like we, you know, some people didn't want to do it. A lot of us did, and we were fortunate to do it our senior year, but as a head coach, uh, I mean, quite a challenge. Uh, just, I don't know. Talk to me about that transition. Yeah. Well, we, we, we played a few 11 man games when we were doing eight man. Uh, mm -hmm. just to see what it was like and uh, get a feel for it. Um, you know, I have to tell you, I, I was I was for it. And the only reason I was for going to 11-man is because 8-man just seemed to be getting more and more watered down all the time. And, and you know, when you play almost all your games and you never play a full game, it's it, it comes not – it's just not fun. You know, you want to play. When you play football, you want to play football. You don't want to just play a half a game and then go home. 
you know, I remember going to Lone Pine one year uh, and it was their homecoming. Yeah. <laughs> that that might have been a one. And the game was over at halftime. And uh, mm -hmm. I remember Mr. Parker went over to buy pizza like during the first quarter. And he, he says, I wanted it in about a half an hour. And he says, well, the game just started. He says, I still want it in a half an hour. And he was right. <laughs> hey, we made and a good time getting home. And I remember the announcer saying, welcome to halftime. And he goes, well, maybe, maybe it's the end of the game. Huh? Yeah. And he didn't know what to say either. So it was kind of, it's kind of a sad thing, but you know, it, you want to challenge, you know, and you want the kids to be challenged. And, uh, and we thought 11 man was the best way to do that, even though we knew we were going to struggle with numbers for a while. And, and that was going to be a problem, but, uh, we did it and, uh, worked out really good. I think you guys had a great year, didn't you? You had fun. And yeah, we had a few injuries there, you know, uh, maybe you would have been back if we had won that first game and, and maybe Devin would have been, I know Devin would have been back if we had won that first game. And, uh, yeah, he was we're the walking, we we're the walking wounded or limping wounded. I mean, yeah, I was, uh, I was in a boot yes. all week and I tried to give it a go. We got, got some plays in there, but I wasn't a hundred. And Devin, of course, the first game of the year, he breaks his, uh, shooting hand of all things for basketball. And then, yeah. <laughs> oh my, it's just, yeah. you know, Hey, but we made it. I mean, we, we went, we beat the champions Pasadena Poly, um, in league play. We lost to the eventual runners up, uh, in the playoffs, Grace Brethren. And I thought that first year of 11, man, the way I look at it, Mr. Drain is like, okay, we gave everyone hope in a sense, like, Hey, we can compete at this level. Cause we went, I think, uh, nine and two or eight and two or something overall. And it was like, Hey, this, we can do this. Yeah. And I, it was good. It was a good challenge for us. It was a good challenge for the kids. Um, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, it took us, what, four years, three years to win our first championship. And, and I have to be honest with you, you know, I, when I took over, I wasn't, I'm not a big, I wasn't a big football guy. I was a basketball coach. Yeah. And so, you know, what I, but I coached with Mr. Johnson for so long and watched him. And so my, my thing was, I'm just going to do what I saw him do. We'll do the same thing on offense. We still had Mr. Lunny there doing the defense and, he was there for a few years and until uh, he couldn't do it anymore. But, and Mr. Oric was still there doing the line. So everything except for me was basically the same. So uh, we just stuck with what we knew. And then we went to 11 man and we still stuck with what we knew. <laughs> and uh, it worked uh, for a while. You know, it, we could tell that we needed to do something different. And yeah. so then we, uh, in 2004 is when we brought, Joe Parker into the picture to coach the offense, be the offensive coordinator. And uh, basically he told me, well, you know, if I do this, I'm going to do what Randy tells me to do. Cause he's, he's, <laughs> and he, so he did. And Randy, he has talked to Joe and told him what he thought we should do and so forth. And so that's what we did at the beginning. And uh, it was a complete change. I mean, we just went completely away from everything we knew about eight man and started this new offense and it was good it but it you know for us it wasn't necessarily the just the right answer mm -hmm. because uh you know we were small except for landon uh we were small and up, especially up front and uh when you're doing trying to run a stretch offense stretch plays and you're matching up one-on-one -on -one with guys to block it's really that's a tough job for a, a lineman mm -hmm. And then, uh, but we won the next year 
And that was that first championship. And that was kind of a miracle because uh, their best player got hurt in warmups <laughs> and he had to go to the hospital and he played offense and defense and he was really good. And, and he came back at halftime, but it, by then it was 10 to, it was 10 to three or I don't know what score. 10-7 was, was the final. It was 10-7 so. maybe. That was the final, I know. But we scored all our 10 points when he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> that was and, funny. Then, and for whatever reason, they just passed the whole second, maybe because they were behind. And we had five interceptions. I mean, their yeah. quarterback wasn't that good. They Their one score, I remember, they just gave it to that their good the player <laughs> right at the middle and ran for a touchdown, right? 40 yards, but they never gave it to him again. So it was mm -hmm. okay with us. For sure. My, my brother was on that team. Oh, uh, five uh, coming in after the, uh, the 2004 team made it to the finals and, and finished as runners up. And it was like, man, yes, real hondo that first championship in 11 man in 05 with the, the upset, you know, there. And uh, I don't know, that was the first of four championships at the 11 man level. Uh, Mr. Drain, which you were the head coach for. So, uh, you know what? You didn't consider yourself a football guy, but uh, I think you did okay uh, leading Rio Hondo all those years. Yeah, well, we we struggled in 06 and 07 a little bit, and then we got Randy and Mark in, Randy for the offense, Mark for defense, and, uh, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit, and uh, Randy and I kind of both agreed that we needed to get some, some of those old eight-man plays back into the picture, yeah. you know, and just – use some of the new stuff and mix it in with the old stuff. And we did, and it worked great. And Randy was a master at doing all this stuff and putting it together because I couldn't have done it. Uh, he had to do it. And Mark was really good on defense. He had a plan. He had a passion to do it. He just loved coaching football. So, uh, you know, so from 2008 to 2012, I mean, we were, we were really good and under those guys. And, uh, and I, I, I give them all the credit. I, I was the guy that talked to the press and <laughs> talked to people and so forth, but uh, they did all the work and uh, they were really good, really good at what they did. And then in, after 2000, after our last win in 2012, uh, we won the championship that year, we won basketball that year too. We won two sports in the same year. So that was good. Yeah. But um that's when they went to the competitive equity thing in 2013. You know, and we, we struggled with that because, uh, you know, we're playing schools with three or 4,000 kids. They come to the game with uh, 65 people on their roster and, you know, have an offense and a defense and, and it, it, and it really, we really struggled with that. that was really hard for us. And we might win a game here or there, but to win four in a row was virtually impossible because you just get beat up. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was, when did we play Orange? Was that 2016 or something? It was like 16. Were you still the head coach? So it must have been 16. I think I was still the head coach. It might have been my yeah. last year. Yeah, I think it was 16. But we had we had five concussions in that game when we played them last time. Wow. And we were, we were in the game. I mean, we had a chance to go ahead that, in the second half, but we fumbled the ball on like the two yard line and they got it. And then it was all over after that. But we had, I mean, we had five guys sitting on the bench and couldn't play from yeah. concussions. So. It's just different. And it's so different. And what's interesting and so much of what you're saying, the theme of, of it all really is real Honda over the years has just, 
there's been some, uh, you've had to adapt, really adapt to the changes in uh, going to different levels. And then of course, some of the changes uh, we, we don't have control over, you know, where CIF puts us and things, but then kind of finding the right pieces to fit too. Like Randy Johnson obviously had some great ideas and has blended some of the old styles and the new styles. And then Marks does a, does a heck of a job on defense. So it seems like real Hondo, it, sometimes it takes a little time, but man, once they get things right, uh, there's the sky's the limit. And kind of, that's what we're seeing uh, with this team in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. This, this team is, uh, this team is amazing to be honest with you. You know, I watch them all, I, you know, I go to every game and I, they just amaze me every every time I watch them play because uh, you know we had that really bad game against Brentwood, and I could tell from the very beginning that we weren't ourselves in that game because we did things that we we hadn't fumbled all year and we fumbled our first possession, you know, and uh, I could tell we were a little uptight, and uh, it, and it showed, but you know since that game, I mean the two playoff games, they were just masterful performances. I mean it was well coached. And the players just executed perfectly, you know, a few things here and there, especially on like that first game, you know, they were a good passing team and we struggled a little bit on those long passes. Keep yelling at those corners to turn their heads around. Got to find the ball sometime. <laughs> <laughs> just can't keep running. But uh, we struggled, but you know, we did, what we had to do to win the game. We dominated the ball, you know, cause they scored every time they got it, except for once they scored in under two minutes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so they were going to score every time they got it. So what you do, you don't let them get it. And that's what we did. And that's how we won that. And it's, I think some little bit of poor coaching on their part, but uh, I'm not going to get into yeah. all that, but anyway, uh, you know, so, and then this last game, last game was, was incredible because that was completely different style. You know, mm -hmm. the first game was they were passing second game. They were running team. But uh, we adjusted to that and uh, gave up a few touchdowns in the first half. But after that, we shut them down. And uh, the kids just played with incredible passion out there. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw the tape, but because you couldn't really see it from our sideline, but that fumble recovery we had. Yeah. Uh, I, saw, I saw it on the tape. That was, that was an incredible play. Did you, <laughs> did you see the tape? Yeah, barely jumping and staying in bounds. And yeah. Yeah, the guy's jumping. The ball's rolling out of bounds. And he has to jump over the guy. You know, I think it was Tafflinger. Jumps over the guy that, between him and the ball and reaches out and grabs the ball, pulls it back in. And then I think Calogero fell on it. But that was yeah. just an incredible play. That, that ball was going out of bounds. Yeah. And they would have kept possession. But what a play that was. Yeah, a total hustle. I mean, you, you can't go oh, yeah. wrong. Uh can't go wrong with effort, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but what a game. I mean, I, I don't know how we set those guys out in the second half, but of course they, they contribute a lot to it, but penalties and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But you know, that's discipline and uh, our guys weren't making penalties, you know, and they were disciplined and doing what they were supposed to do. It felt like they thought they could wear us down, you know, with maybe their size up front. But I think ultimately we ended up wearing them down with on defense yeah. and offense just by uh, being relentless, really. Yep, I think you're right. Uh, conditioning pays off. Yeah, and yeah. and you you always were a big part of that. You talked about being the conditioning coach for, forever, Mr. Drain. I I think I speak for all alums here who who played under you in football. There was no one on this planet whose voice echoed hundred yards away uh, when we do hundred yard sprints. No one could yell 
go like you. I could still hear the voice in, the, in my nightmares on these hundred yard sprints. And you used to be drinking some ice cold Coke or something down there as well. That, I, these, are, yeah. these are the memories. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always come out to practice on a hot day, especially in, in preseason before we started it. Hot day with a, and pop the can so you could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a fun one today, boys. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was always fun. <laughs> oh, man, alive. Uh, good stuff. Um, yeah, where were we with the the conditioning? Yeah, we we uh, the conditioning uh, program now. I mean, you can tell that, that our guys are going strong uh, in the fourth quarter. And and Mr. Drain, you have a connection to this team. You've been doing something uh, the past few years, I think, where you do club meetings uh, for these guys um, each and every week, and it usually falls on, on game day. What's that? What's that been like for you the past few years? I, uh, it's an honor for me to do it. I mean, I don't know why they have me do it, but, uh, it's a joy. And, uh, you know, I always try to get in there. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do something to bring them down. You know, I got to pump them up a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> I always use, uh, things that I know from John Wooden and that kind of thing that, uh, try to inspire them a little bit to play hard and what it means to, play together as a team, you know, that's, that, those things are ultimately the most important things. And I don't, I don't know if I'm having any inspiration for them or not, but they, I'll tell you these last two games, you couldn't, you couldn't find better team effort and working together as a team than what they've done. They, they, they've been incredible. And uh, anyway, that's, that's what I kind of do in club meetings. I, you know, I, you know, run to win and, uh, you know, what did David do when he went out to fight Goliath? He ran to meet Goliath. You know, he didn't just walk out there. He ran to out there. And that's what you got to do if you want to be competitive. You got to be ready to run and, and meet the challenge, whatever it is. And uh, so those kind of things. And I just, you know, I I get a joy out of it. I don't I don't know if the guys are paying much attention to me. They go, who is this guy anyway? He's just <laughs> coming in and talk to us on club meeting day. But uh, anyway, it's fun for me. And uh, Mark keeps bringing me back. So as long as he does, I'll keep doing it. Uh, it's it's fun. And we all remember, uh, you know, you on the field with us. But I, I remember you in the locker room and, of course, a lot of different club meetings and messages, uh, you know, up at up at Bishop, of course, was always fun. You know, hearing about run to win practice makes uh, permanent. I mean, all of us remember all this stuff so vividly. And it's really cool that you're still doing it uh, for the current guys, even though you're not uh, coaching, uh, coaching out there anymore. Retiring, I mean, retirement, of course, from that, which is very well deserved. What's it been like not coaching all these years? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's different, but I'll tell you, when I sit up in the stands and watch a game, I'm probably more nervous than I ever was when I was coaching. You know, coaching, you're doing something, you're getting into things, you're trying to figure things out. Up there, you're just going, what in the world are they doing out there? And you're scared to death. And, you know, I just get I get really nervous up in the stands. But uh, it's a little better if I if I can get down in the field and uh, walk around a little bit. It's a little better when I'm down there. But during home games, you know, I take care of the referees, you know, and I always bring them snacks and I want to get them happy so they, you know, if they're going to, questionable call it might go our way hopefully yeah. but i give them drinks and, and snacks and stuff and uh, try to take care of them and uh that's kind of my job mark appointed me to do that so uh and i'm willing to do whatever he wants to help out and so what a perfect job fun. for you mr drain a perfect job for you being the the uh, the referees the court you know the referee host if you will after you know you used to help out the referees quite often from the sideline in both football and basketball if i remember correctly 
Well, yeah, I always want to help. <laughs> and this guy, some of these guys really need it. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, But it's fun. I, I when we play, uh, when we play during the year, you know, we get all the old referees from San Diego Valley. I know most of them, you know, so uh, it's always good to catch up with them. They always have pleasant things to say to me. I don't know why, but they always do. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> I remember we were, we were at JVs, I think, and you coached. Mr. Loomis was our coach in basketball, and he was sick or something that day. It was the first time I played a, a, football, a football game. I played football on the basketball court. It's a basketball game. You were in our JV. You were coaching us in the JV. I was like, man, Mr. Drain's coaching us. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, – you know, I was always getting into fights and stuff down under the basket and the referee said something like, Hey, back off or something. And like the first minute of the game and you jumped up and you were like, don't tell him to back off. You tell they're going to back off. I'm like, <laughs> Mr. Drain's got my back. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up for this. So you're always a vocal guy, uh, coach. Uh, so kind and kind and, you know, soft voice at times. But when you would yell, Mr. Drain, it would, it would echo quite uh, loudly. I'll say. Maybe that's why I get in trouble so much with officials. <laughs> I must have had something in my voice that uh, <laughs> I had to kind of calm it down. That's why Mr. Horton coached with me for a while to keep me, try to keep me from getting technicals. That yeah, he's, uh, it was, uh, he was the, what was it Shooter from Hoosiers? He had to keep you in the game, man. <laughs> De- is yeah. it Shooter? Yeah. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. There you that's go. his job. So, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Dan, what, it was fun. What coaching basketball was the best. Oh yeah. Basketball is a, you know, it seemed like, uh, you, we, we do the, the three on two, we do the, the drills, uh, in the gym, you'd go and you got, all right, when I'm back cleaning Hampton hall, you, I'll, you will, we'll switch drills or whatever. It's like, you'd have us <laughs> running forever. Oh man. Such good times. Um, Mr. Jan, you have three sons, two daughters. Uh, my buddy Devin was, a you know, we were classmates, uh, your oldest son. Uh, but there's Devin coaches in the junior high now. And then both of your other sons, Dave and Ed, our coaches on this current staff and do, do a heck of a job. What's it like uh, watching uh, your sons uh, be a coach on the sideline after you did it for so long? And Hey, do you ever, do you ever like give them nudges or tell them, Hey, why didn't you do this or that? No, I, I try to stay away from that kind of thing. I don't, you know, I don't ever tell Mark what he should do or Randy or any of my sons or anything. Uh, unless they ask me something, if they ask me mm-hmm. something, I'll give them my opinion, but. I don't want to interfere with what they're doing. They they know more about it than I do. So, uh, but it's it's good. It's good to see Dave and Ed out there. I go to Devin's games whenever I can. On, on he plays Tuesday on Saturday mornings, and uh, like to watch him and Will with those junior high kids. That's always that's always fun. Uh, but yeah, I I love it. I love that. I you know my kids are all doing well and uh, and. What more can you ask for? You know, your kids have be productive and and give back. You know what they what they've been given. You know, and so it, it's good. I, I really enjoy it. And it's, Ed it's and Dave, cool. are those guys are completely different in how their approach to the game and so forth. Ed's kind of more like me. He's kind of a yeller. Dave's yeah. more laid back and and just talks to the kids. You know, and he's he's really good at it. So they both do a really good job, though. Yeah, it's it's great having uh, you know coach coach drains a couple of them on the sideline to kind of keep uh, keep the tradition going and yeah Devin does a great job getting the kids ready for high school him and Will as you mentioned and uh, yeah the the football program I mean again it's changed a little over the years but I think the consistency of it the 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 core of it 
really has has stayed the same. And and one thing we always talk about here on the podcast is, you know, why Real Hondo football is special. And you've seen it for so many different decades, coached it, played it, been a part of it. Your kids are in it. I mean, if you could, Mr. Drain, what 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 is it exactly that keeps Real Hondo prep football special and kind of I don't know what 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 is it? Is there a secret sauce, a secret ingredient, or is it just uh I mean, I don't know what 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 makes it tick? Well, uh number one, there's only been Mark is the fourth coach of Real Honda football in 50 whatever years it's been. You know, Mr. Dowd started it, uh, did a great job with me and the guys and that 73 team. And by the way, I I didn't see a lot of the 73 team until that particular year because that's when I was in the army and I was in Vietnam and I missed a couple years there. So I didn't get to see those guys their whole time, but, uh, but Mr. Dowd was the coach then. And then Mr. Johnson took over, did it for a long time. Then he was the second coach. And then I came in and then Mark took over for me, but you know, we all coached together, you know, before I didn't just step in from nowhere. I coached with Mr. Johnson for uh, probably 12 years or so. Plus, he coached me when I was little. And uh, so you get that consistency of, of not only football knowledge, but, you know, the bigger picture picture about what you're trying to help these kids become when they get older, you know. And it's a, it's the same philosophy, the same thing going out there. And then Mark coached with me, or, and sometimes I coached with him when he was doing JVs. You know, I'd go and coach baseball as assistant coach for him in baseball season and uh you know and he came and was assistant under under mr loomis and myself for a little bit before he took over uh but you know you get this the same philosophies that just carry out through 50 some years you know because we're all talking about the same thing we all want the same thing we want the best for the kids that we're coaching and uh you know we'd do anything that we could to uh help them not only achieve their goals in sports, but in, in life, uh, you know, coaches do incredible, incredible work with these kids and it's not just football, it's everything. And uh, I think that's one of the things that makes Rio Hondo special, you know, it's that consistency and philosophy for, from beginning until now. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, but that's, that's what it is. I think. Yeah. I think it's uh, very well said. And you talked about that, that 73 team and the celebration we had a few weeks ago. I thought it was really cool. And so many of those guys came from all over the country uh, and, and it was great seeing faces. And I'd heard, you know, a lot of these names. One thing that was really special was Mr. Dowd walked out there and uh, raised the blue trophy. And uh, I thought that was special. And you made a comment to him or something like, Hey, congrats. You did it again or something, you know, just raising that trophy, which you, you've done a few times, but to see Mr. Dowd do it, who was the first one to do it. Uh, I don't know. Get, gave me chills. Yeah, that was special. Mr. Dowd was a great guy. I mean, you go back and you, you hear I, Mr. Horton, in fact, in church this morning, uh, Phil Horton was the speaker and he was talking about the conditioning they did when they were for football with Mr. Dowd. They'd go up to camp and all the stuff they did and so forth and so on. It was it was funny and it was great. But Mr. Dowd was, I mean, he was a uh, he pushed you to your limits. There's no doubt about it. But it was good, you know. I think playing for Mr. Dowd was the first time and maybe the only time 
I've ever experienced. Uh, they say you got to get, you know, you run until you get your second win. That's the only time I've ever experienced that running with, under him. And, uh, and that was, what a feeling that is. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling, but when you get your second wind, it's amazing. You feel like you can just run forever, but uh, <laughs> I, got I, it, I got it under him and he, yeah, cause I, he pushed you. So, yeah, I, I think you tried to get us to find that second wind quite often, but we never quite you got there, but you know, you were going to, we were going to die trying, I guess, <laughs> just carrying that. Yeah. Keep running. You Keep know, running. When I, when I played, we used to practice over where Sam's club is over there on the other side of a Royal over by a Royal. We used to own that. We used to use that property over there. We had fields over there. Wow. So we would run over there in the, for practice. They would practice and we'd run back. That was our kind of our conditioning for that, for that day. But uh, that was, that was always fun. And Mr. Dow was what a, what a great guy, an incredible basketball coach too. In fact, he coached football, basketball, and baseball. He was the only coach in, in high school when we first started. And then his wife came in and she did all the girl stuff. Wow. And uh, she was, she was an incredible coach too. And she, I think she won like six prep league basketball championships in a row or something. Wow. I mean, she was really good. So anyway, uh, you know, so Mr. Dow was great. Mr. Johnson was fantastic, you know, and they're, they're completely different personalities, but you know, there it's, but the but the philosophy is the same. The the, mm -hmm. the desire to help kids is still the same, and I think that's what uh, you know. And, and you know, getting kids to play as a team is not an easy task, but I think it's what we've done at Rio Hondo. You know, it's always our goal to get everybody to play together. Uh, and most schools can't do that. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I think both those teams that we played were better than us so far in the playoffs. But those guys didn't play together like we did. Yeah. And uh, and you when you can play for the guy on your left and the guy on your right instead of the guy that for yourself, you can get a lot of good things done. So well, well, I have a I have a little theory here that kind of just came to mind. Veterans Day was yesterday. You talked about uh, being in Vietnam yourself. And I believe Mr. Dowd, I mean, I was trying to run through all the people who served in the military. I think Mr. Johnson, I think Mr. Dowd was in, the, was in the military, right? The army, maybe. Mr. Dowd was in the army. He was, uh, he, he drove tanks in the <laughs> army. Uh, See, they, you know, we don't even know these things. That's unbelievable. He drove yeah, tanks. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think Mr. Johnson was ever in the army. I think he had some physical problem that would, wouldn't allow him to go. Uh, Mr. Like Mr. Lunny was in the army. He served in Vietnam before me and he, he had a lot worse than I did. And he actually mm -hmm. wrote a book about his experience there and it got published. It's a good book. And, uh, uh, and Mr. Oric was in the, he was in the army for a while. And, uh, so yeah, a lot of people have served. And so I look at that, especially with the, the, the in the football side of things. And I think when, when you have the, you know, the older generation, kind of the foundation of real football kind of around some leadership from some guys with kind of a military background almost. Um, I think when you talk, just like you said, about getting people to play together and the guy on the left and the guy on the right, I don't know. I think there's something to it that uh, the coaches throughout the years, um, I got to imagine, I mean, I'll ask you directly, did your time in the military, did you think that kind of helped you as far as uh, coaching later in life, maybe, I don't know, organization or just, I don't know, physical training of your teams and things. It, it probably played a little bit, you know, uh, 
because conditioning, you know, they, they do conditioning in the army and they do, uh, you know, it's all about taking care of the guy beside you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, and I was, I was more than happy to help anybody I could in the army because some of those guys were, you know, I don't know why they do what they do in the army, but like, they come you're out in the jungle and they and they bring beer and stuff out there for them and so forth and i i guess it makes them feel better but i don't it never made me feel better to watch them do that because i wanted these guys to be as sharp as they could be when they're out there <laughs> yeah i would think so man well but uh you do become close with the guys in your in your group and uh you know especially in vietnam it was everything was everything was in a line you know when you were out in out in the jungle, you're marching in a straight line. So especially the guy in front of you and, and the guy behind you, you get to know really well. So, and uh, the guy behind, I was, I was the last guy in line every time, whether it was, we were in a platoon or a, or a company, I was always the last guy in the line. Whoa. And, uh, and the guy, the guy got really close to the guy that was right in front of me. We used to have some really strange conversations walking through that jungle, but uh, we just got close and, uh, in fact, when I got my job as a clerk and I had a, a room of my own back in at the camp, he went on R&R. He was supposed to go on r and I don't know where he was planning to go, but he just stayed in my room with me because he didn't want to go anywhere. So so we spent a week together going over to the Air Force Base and playing basketball and whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, he was a great guy. His wow. name was Worm. That's <laughs> <laughs> his real name, but it's what everybody called him, even his mother. I saw letters from his mother, Dear Worm. I go, my what? <laughs> what a name! <laughs> wow! Oh my goodness! What a what an experience! And it you was were... it was fun, and, you know, and it and it brings you together. I mean, you yeah, know, you, you really... are dependent on every guy out there. Yeah. No, it's just you uh, know, with veterans Veterans Day, and just kind of thinking about it, I was like, and a lot of leaders at care in Rio have served, and I think uh, I don't know. It seems like uh, with Currently, the graduates that Rio Hondo has put out now and in the past and, and in the future, a lot of people end up going into the military, police, fire, uh, teachers, nurses. Um, I don't know. I think Rio Hondo creates kind of that passion for serving others and, and kind of making a difference. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's, you know, that's that's biblical. You know, you, you know, you're here to serve others. And uh, and so we we preach that all the time and uh, cause that's what it's all about. And if you do that, you live a better life. I think serving other people, what you're doing is incredible in this podcast and serving the kids that play, serving the parents and all that you do there, you know, that's a great thing. And uh, I can tell it makes you happy because you're yeah. serving other people. And uh, that's what life's all about serving others. Man, it's uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no, 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 no other way to put it really. There, it's uh, it, it, it's good for you uh, to do that it, it, all throughout your life, really. And uh, you know, Mr. Jen, you mentioned the podcast. I know you're an avid listener. Uh, we've had a lot of different people on here. Uh, you know, people from the past, people that uh, maybe you hadn't heard of in a while. I mean, uh, have you had some favorite guests, or is it is it fun kind of hearing from some of your former players? Uh, they're all good. Uh, I, I don't know if I have a favorite. Uh, I like hearing them all. Uh, you know, I like Dave Diaz. 
I just That's listened great. to him, you know, his, I think that was last week. Uh, Dave Diaz was great. Uh, I'll tell you a story about Dave Diaz. That he, I don't know. I, I haven't heard the whole thing, so I don't know if I, if he's talked about this or not, but we had a, we had a basketball playoff game. We, it was a league playoff game to get into the playoffs. And we played Flint Ridge over at Pauly. It was a neutral site. And uh, Dave Diaz was on that team. And, and I think by the halfway through the third quarter, everybody on our starting team had fouled out except for Dave. But Dave had the game of his life. I have never seen a guy who could not miss anything, no matter what he did. He was falling out of bounds and just threw the ball at the basket and it went in. I mean, he single-handedly won that game for us. I mean, he was incredible. And wow. uh, what a you know, I was just, you know, but all those guys, everybody I hear, you know, when I, guys from the past, I love them all and they're all good. You know, Freddie or whoever it might be, uh, they're all good. Uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of alumni game, a lot of alumni guys at the game last uh, Friday, you know, BJ was there and uh, I guess Ben, I'm not sure what he calls himself now, but it was BJ to me. So yeah. I and uh Saw several other people there, you know, and it's always good to see them. Uh, so sometimes I don't get to see people at home games because I'm kind of stuck over there because I got to be there for the refs in case they need something and people don't come over and visit me. So I... <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I don't necessarily see a lot of people at the home games. I, I see West of Vordy all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's good. I, West of Vordy had – had the game of his life against Flint Ridge too, and in, in basketball, <laughs> but uh, he well he, being he, six foot seven or whatever he is, man, he's still he's a giant. <laughs> yeah, Flint Ridge had a really tall guy that was dominating everybody, but mm -hmm. West have already stopped him, shut him down, mm -hmm. and we won the game, and it was it was amazing. So anyway, uh, anyway, all of those guys, I just love them all, and uh, it's always good to hear from them. So I can't pick a favorite, Matt. I'm sorry. They're all good. No, no, not a favorite. No, no, it's just, that's fine. It's been uh, fun talking. To, I mean, the episode with BJ Jacobs in the summer was, uh, was such an honor to do right around the 4th of July. And just to see a guy who went through a Hondo and then uh, he became, you know, not just a, a military guy, but a Navy SEAL of all things. And, you know, you talk to him now and you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. Not that he doesn't physically look like it. He's just such a kind guy. He's still BJ Jacobs, you know, even though he's uh, He's been one of America's most elite warriors. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I see. I just see BJ. That's it. That's what he looks like. <laughs> that's what he acts like. So it's still him. Yeah. Yeah. They, they all bring up every time I talk with them, you know, we I talk about the coaches of the past and, you know, you always come up and, uh, you know, just fond, fond memories. You said R and R in the military. So we used to have this R and R and like CIF where you had, couldn't do anything for a week or something practicing. And you used to call it, we were like, what's R and R Mr. Drain. You're like, Oh, it's running and running. And you, you get us out <laughs> running the wash or something like that. I don't know. CIF, you never know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, well, big game this Friday, Mr. Drain can't wait for it. Um, another tough test for us as a, uh, you know, road warriors, uh, real Hondo is up against another, another Goliath. How many of these Goliaths can we take down, man? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, they've all been different. It's all been a, been a different challenge. First week was passing. Second week was running. I'm not sure exactly what it 
is this week, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be something different. And uh, I just hope we can, you know, take the challenge on and head run and run face it. You know, that's what you got to do. Whatever it is, don't run walk out after, to run after it. Run after that's it. Right. I love it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sure you're going to have a big, big club meeting, a uh, big club meeting for the guys on uh, Friday before the semifinal should be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, right. Actually, club would be Thursday this week because of the okay. travel travel. Very nice. Well, yeah. awesome stuff, Mr. Drain. Thanks for all you do. And again, for, uh, again, for pushing us as hard as you did back in the day. And uh, uh, hopefully you continue to enjoy retirement, not having to make coaching decisions, you know, being nice to referees. I mean, this is being a grandparent. I mean, this is a special time of your life. Yeah, nothing better than being a grandparent. And there's going to be another Ken Drain coming along soon. So uh, better get ready for that. <laughs> Heard that. Yeah, Kenny Kenny Drain, uh, right? Um, was it Ed's, yeah. uh, Ed's son. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's right. Ed's son. That is, that is really cool. Well, thanks, Mr. Drain. We'll talk to you soon. I'll see you, I'll see you Friday out there. And uh should be another exciting week of Rio Hondo Prep Football. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The one and only Mr. Ken Drain coming on the Charge to Keep podcast. Uh, the uh, man that has led so many of us there in the, uh, the 90s and 2000s and into a little bit of the 20-teens as the head coach of Rio Hondo Prep and coach basketball Rio a very, very long time, even more than football, and uh, got his first uh, CIF championship there in 2012, uh, a special year indeed. Actually, it was 2013, the 2012 uh, uh, football season uh, with the uh, the calendar change there, but uh, Mr. Ken Drain, a lot of great memories, uh, fun times, uh, again, getting yelled at by him a time or two, but, uh, you know, also getting that, that pat on the back every now and then was, uh, was always nice too. So fun chatting with him playing with his, uh, his, his oldest son, Devin was a privilege and an honor him and him and I, uh, still very good friends, great chatting, chatting and sharing, uh, some memories of the old days, but mostly just, uh, impressed being impressed by the current team and you know growing up and and all this stuff in 20 it's can't believe it's been 21 years or whatever it's been but uh, mr drain's been around a long time and right i hope the kids uh, on this team really uh appreciate uh, his messages uh getting to hear from him club meetings you know once a week before games usually and i hope they they really cherish that because for most of us those are the, those are the memories we have all of his messages uh you know they've been consistent over the years and we all remember it and, and carry it all with us in, in everything we do, whether it's our podcasts or a job or, or, you know, raising a family, whatever it is. I think most of us alumni out there hear Mr. Drain's voice uh, always. And, and at least uh, we at least uh, think of him maybe when uh, as motivation to kind of keep going, keep pushing and to always do the right thing. So Mr. Ken Drain, a special man and uh, has touched uh, a lot of lives there. So five-time CIF uh, champion, uh, head coach as, as far as football goes. And uh, as humble as they come, I must say, and just a, a true, truly an honor uh, chatting with him here on the podcast. Hopefully you guys really, really enjoyed that one. All right. Before I let you guys go. Um, and again, we may have a, another pregame show this week. Uh, I won't say another pregame show, but a, a special edition of the podcast, having someone on that um, I want to chat with and just chat about the game. My goal is to have uh, this probably released Tuesday. There may be some content from practice or something like that on Wednesday night. Um, I'm going to try to maybe get to team dinner on Thursday, maybe some stuff there. I don't want to change too much of the, the, um, the routine or anything, but I just, it's, it's not championship week yet, but it's the semifinals and it's a, it's a, I don't know. It's just time for a little more content. I think at this time of the year and uh, to everyone, for everyone to stay focused, of course, but um 
man, there's, there's just some buildup. There's more buildup. This, these games are, are bigger and more important. And we are uh, one of only a few teams left in the San Gabriel Valley standing. And one of only four teams remaining out of 16 who started the division nine uh, bracket a few weeks ago. Let's look at our opponent real quick. Uh, we had a, a longer show here, so I don't want to, let me see, stop share. Oh, whoops. Share screen. Basic background. There we go. Okay. What is all these, all these ads on max preps. I tell you, uh, maxpreps.com of course is where you can get all this information. Uh, Vista del Lago football, the Ravens. So get ready to say beat the Ravens. They are nine and three. They had a seven and three regular season, obviously, uh, went one and two in, uh, in league, the Sun Belt. We'll look at their schedule. Their last game, uh, was against Sonora, uh, last Thursday, as a matter of fact, out at La Habra high school, 21 to seven victory. I watched some of that game already. Looked like it was seven, seven at half and rather competitive most of the game. So I won't go into too much of uh, what they do and, and this and that uh, you guys can, I'm sure look at some clips here if you want. Uh, they're, they're kind of a, a good combo, a combo run combo pass. I'll say, um, uh, shotgun formation, of course, and, and they, they run the ball a lot. They're very fast and physical on defense and, uh, looks like they run kind of a four, four, like a lot of teams do, but, um, again, pretty, pretty balanced. I'll say they, they make some explosive plays in the passing game. They throw it uh, a little more or a lot more, I should say than orange did just as far as, uh, you know, their, their, um, uh, run pass uh, split, if you will. But let's look at a few of their scores here. They started the year with a 42 to 41 victory over Redlands East Valley. What a fun way to start the year there. They beat Valley View 34 to 6, Elsinore 19 to 17, and lost their first game at Great Oak 28 to 9. They then responded with a 63 to 6 win over Rialto. They beat La Quinta 35 to nothing. Another loss to Paloma Valley 35 to 32 there in uh, October. Then they Moreno Valley, 41-18. Lakeside, 49-0. Lost to Riverside Poly, 17-13. And then beat uh, Marina in the playoffs, 24-7. And, of course, Sonora last week at 21-7. So I looked at a lot of their – it looks to me that a lot of times they're winning. Uh, most of their their wins here, uh, they're playing pretty good defense, not allowing a lot of points. Let me see. As far as their wins, other than the first game where they allowed 41 points – uh, if you look, most of the time, they're only giving up a couple touchdowns, six points, 17 points, uh, six points, zero points, 18 points, 13 points. So I think points might be at a premium uh, in this game. Rio Hondo has scored 28 and 22, respectively, in uh, each of their first two playoff games. Uh, it looks like uh, we're going to be up uh, against a pretty tight defensive team here. And, uh, you know, last week it was uh, Orange who gave us fits early in the game, kind of not letting us uh, get going Um uh, keeping us down really in, in our running game until we kind of got that going in the second half. So uh, I think we're, we're probably up against a little better defense than we saw against orange, a lot better defense than of course, St. Margaret's. And uh, to me, it seems like maybe, maybe a team that doesn't throw it as well as St. Margaret's did, but they, they really do mix the run and pass quite well. And so I think we're going to be up against it. If we can stop the run and kind of make them one dimensional, uh, hopefully that's a good thing for us. Our pass defense, uh, uh, is probably weaker than our run defense. That's no knock on anybody. That's just uh, the truth. We're not here to hurt feelings. We're just here to, to speak, uh, you know, true knowledge to truth or whatever. So um, we we got to prevent the deep ball. We did a decent job of that against Orange. Uh, did give up a few big plays, but also uh, got some sacks, got the big interception at the end of the game. So um, is this game's going to be all about getting the ball. You know, hopefully 
no, no huge mistakes, not too many negative plays, which real Hondo didn't have. There were times they didn't get many yards, maybe no gain or one yard gain or something, but not too many negative plays again, penalties, pushing you back or tackles for loss. And so I think with Vista DeLago, the Ravens, um, you're going to have to, uh, just again, stay productive on offense. Again, it looks like they throw the ball. Uh, a little bit more. They, their top running back, Justin Concepcion, rushes for 66 yards a game. So uh, nowhere near the century mark there. That tells me, of course, they, they throw it a lot more. Cameron Sims is their top receiver uh, who has 102 uh, yards per game. He wears number 12, six foot one, 165 pounds. Uh, so got to keep an eye on him. Their uh, top receiver, or at least uh, yardage wise, as far as their running back goes, Justin Concepcion, the running back, also plays linebacker. He is a uh, number 24, a 5'11", 170 pound guy, um, rather explosive, I'll say, but um, kind of not quite the running back we saw last week. And again, I think this team throws the ball a little bit more. And again, don't want to get into too many details this week, just kind of m- moving, moving through it here. But uh, the quarterback, I think is 26. Yeah, 26 touchdown passes, uh, Larry Joyce on the season. So out of 12 games, that's well over two a game, two and a half a game, maybe. Um, so number nine quarterback, smaller guy as far as, uh, you know, not too tall, um, but he moves around really well from, from some of the things I've seen on film, kind of buys time and is able to uh, to hit his receivers kind of in the scramble drill, drill scenario. So Real Hondo is going to have to be buttoned up, uh, get to him, put him on the ground and play good run defense, uh, much like they did the first two rounds of the playoffs. And uh, defensively, Got to find rhythm, keep the ball away from the Ravens, and uh, hopefully bleed that clock, get a lead, and and hold on to it. And uh, just stay aggressive. Stay aggressive, Rio Hondo. Going into this one, do what you do and do it well. I, I've been encouraged by this team not um, not backing away from adversity. You know, there's no heads hung. They, they're just kind of like, all right, next play, let's let's go. Let's, let's fix this. Let's get right. And uh, as Mr. Drain mentioned in the interview there, they're just – they're relentless. They just keep going and he's proud of them. I, I'm proud of them. Uh, it's just, it's inspiring to see. And uh, you know what, boys, we want to see uh, one more uh, post game uh, in and out celebration. If we will in and out in Moreno Valley, that sounds like a good time. Uh, let's, let's make that happen. I'm assuming in and out. Cause that's kind of where everybody ends up, but um, man, not getting too far ahead of ourselves. It's a tough game. The Ravens will be ready to go. It's their home field. Um, they're nine and three. That's a good football team that we're facing. And it's going to be another, Another tough test. Rio needs to be laser focused and uh, not make mistakes. And if there are mistakes made, it's uh, it's it's how you respond. And and hopefully Coach Rocky Seto has another great uh, pregame speech like we heard on the uh, postgame show over the weekend. But um, whatever happens Friday, man, it's going to be I, – I guarantee you we're going to be proud of those guys. So uh, I implore you again. Um, this is a big reason this episode is getting out a little early this week is I want uh, – Anyone who can get to this game, man, do what you got to do to get there. I know the holidays are coming. Time off is tough to get and things, but Real Hondo Prep's in the semifinals, man. And um, we 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 desperately want to get to that uh, next round in the finals the following week. But um, the biggest game of the year is here. It's the next one, right? And it's the current one. And that's just where we're at. We started this podcast back in June, uh, building to this moment with the weekly episodes kind of building up to the kickoff of the season. We've been to practices where the boys went on a summer trip. We've had alumni uh, come on here and talk about the the good old days. Uh, We've heard from coaches. We've heard from opposing teams. We've documented all of this throughout um, many, many months. And I'm just excited for the opportunity to, to get there Friday night and watch our boys play hard. Uh, If there's nothing like cheering for, for your alma mater at Rio Hondo and, um, 
we are all family. We're all connected to this and you can't help but get again, emotional about it. And Mr. Drain has been uh, adamant today about, you know, how, how hard these guys are playing, how much passion they're playing with. It makes us all proud because it takes us back. And I'm telling you, you take that helmet off for the last time. Sometimes you look back and question, you're like, man, could I have done more? I, I would give anything to strap it up one more time. Give me one play, just one play where we got to stop the other team, or maybe we need to get in the end zone. Like that feeling just, it never goes away. And these kids get to live that uh, for another week and hopefully beyond that. So get to this game. Get there early. I know it's everyone's got lives and other things going on, but if you attend this game, you will not regret it. I promise you that. You're going to see um, some young men out there who represent their families, represent their school, and represent you. Um, no one else does that. My LA Rams don't represent me. I wear their gear. They're I, I'm not a part of them. They're they're not a part of me. You know, even though some people will say otherwise. But real Hondo man. Here we go. Semifinals, Division 9. Hope to see you there. We'll have plenty of content throughout the week. Keep an eye on social media. And uh, I would love to hear from you guys in the, the days leading up to the game. Send me your videos, how fired up you are. I'll post them. Uh, I want these boys to know they're supported. Uh, we hear you on Friday nights at the game. But uh, let's let's make some noise before then, if you know what I mean. And uh, to the alumni out there, bring it, man. If you're out of the area or thinking of coming in, don't hesitate. Get here. Let's do this. Go Real Hondo Prep beat the Ravens, be our gladiators. Uh, you've, you've, you've been that way all season. We've had some hiccups, some ups and downs. That's the beauty of football. It's going to happen. Uh, but uh, we believe in you guys. And uh, as the movie says uh, in the movie gladiator, you know, win, win the crowd and you don't have to win us. We, we got your back. We're there for you. Just play your hearts out, wear that helmet proudly, carry yourselves accordingly and uh, just play hard, man. Don't surrender. Don't give up battle just battle march out of that locker room ready to go be our gladiators one more time go rio